0: Well, what's up, everybody? Hope everybody has had a fantastic week. I'm a Clemson fan, and so I just had to say that I had a fantastic week because Clemson won the national championship. Just in case you didn't know, um, and South Carolina lost the Belt Bowl. Anyway, super, super excited. Um, building opens in two weeks. We're going to talk more about that later on. But if you have a Bible, you want to follow along. You can go to Genesis 37, but we're going to be all throughout Genesis, so it, it might be easier just to kind of pay attention. Watch the screen today as we dive into this story. One of the things I'm excited about is in our church right now and in our church in the future, we've got all kinds of people that are going to come to church every single week. We've got happy people. Um, we'll have sad people, I'm sure. Um, We'll have some angry people because they got told where to park and they didn't want to park there or whatever. And that's just kind of part of the culture because we all deal with that. Um, We have people in love. We have people um, not in love. We have in-laws. We have outlaws. We have all kinds of people that come to the Second Chance. But one of the things that most people are going to be able to identify with and to revisit something we've talked about before is we're going to have some people at Second Chance with this in their lives. Now, this right here has a smiley face on it. For those of you listening on the podcast, this is the poop emoji. I'm not going to say the slang word that this is associated with. We'll just call this guy it. And everybody has some it in their lives. Now, I've learned a lot about it over the past few weeks because for Christmas, I got my daughter... A dog. There is chance. There is Karis smiling, and there's me faking a smile because guess who gets to clean up after this guy? Right here. Now, here's here's what I've discovered. Here's what I've discovered about my apartment. If you would have asked me before I got this dog, was my apartment clean, I would have told you absolutely. Because I'm a clean person, I really am a clean person. Uh, um, I've my, I, um, i got, put my clothes, I fold my clothes. I, I literally wash and fold clothes every day. I, it's just a maybe an OCD thing. I don't know. Pro- I'm probably got all kind of problems. Um, I, I clean my counters. I've got Clorox wipes. Right, I, I'm a clean person. However, this little guy right here has proved to me my apartment wasn't nearly as clean as i thought it was because and i just i really really put this together about four nights ago at three o'clock in the morning when i got him up to put him on the puppy pad on a pause time out time out time out. if you have a dog please, if you're on Facebook, no potty training advice for dogs. I have been inundated with potty training advice. I know you are the dog whisperer and you are awesome, but please stay focused on the message. All right. Needed to say that because somebody had already typed in a comment. So three o'clock in the morning, this little guy had left me a present in my hallway. So I'm cleaning it up. I've got the poop odor bag eco-friendly odor bag by the way and I'm kind of scooping it up and putting it in there and I'm wiping up on my floor and I look at the paper towel and the paper towel that I'd sprayed some stuff had dirt all over it and I started thinking back to the past week or so that I've had this dog that every time he's gone to the bathroom I've came I've cleaned it up but then i spray some stuff and I, I wipe it down with a white paper towel and I pick up the paper towel and the paper towel has dirt all over it. And I started thinking, you know what, my apartment wasn't nearly as clean as I thought it was. And if, but if it would have been for this guy, leaving it all over my apartment, I wouldn't have known how dirty things were. But because of the it in my apartment, it revealed things that I thought were clean that really were not. And just like that happened with my apartment, that happens in our lives as well. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the sermon in a sentence before, just in case you have to zone out or log off, or I said something about Clemson winning the national championship and you're mad about that. Um, I'm going I'm to go ahead and give you the sermon in a sentence, and we're going to spend the rest of our message talking about it. The sermon in a sentence is this. Don't quit because God can use it to make a difference in your life unlike you could ever imagine. I, th- there are people watching today, people listening to this message, that when it comes to life, man, maybe you just want to throw in the towel because circumstances and situations have you weighed down or kind of bogged down or confused or whatever. And my passion for, my, my passion for today's message is that you would understand, don't quit. Don't, don't quit on life. Don't quit on the Lord. Don't quit because God can use. Listen, this right here, see this right here? You know what else they use this for? They use it for fertilizer. If you spread it out and give it time, it allows things to grow. It really does. So God And God can use it to make a difference in your life unlike you could ever imagine. Now, today's going to be kind of like an airplane sermon. We're going to have to taxi out. It's going to take a few minutes, but eventually we'll take off. Just give me some time to set it up. I want to show you this because some of you are like, I have no idea where he's going in the Bible. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 37, verse 2, this is the account of Jacob's family line. Jacob is a character in the Old Testament. Joseph, a young man of 17, I want to pause real quick. Do you remember how brilliant you were at 17? You remember? I mean, remember when you were 17 and you knew, you knew everything? You knew everything when you... I mean, if you could have just been president of the United States at 17, the world would be such a better place. Anybody remember how smart you were at 17? Yeah. I look back at the 17-year-old Perry, and that guy was a moron. <laughs> 45-year-old Perry was a moron. All right, so 17. So keep in mind he's 17. You don't make a lot of really great, life-changing decisions at 17, all right? You, you didn't even pick the right major in college at 17, you changed it, so here we go. Young man of 17 was tending the flocks with his brother, so he's a shepherd, that's his occupation. The sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, which that's a whole nother story. His father's wives, 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 which means mothers-in-law, all right? And he brought their father a bad report about them. So the first thing we see about Joseph is he's a rat. He's a tattletale, and nobody loves being ratted out. Nobody Anybody in here ever been ratted out on? Anybody been told on? Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too um i remember going (laughs) this is a true story i went to a family's house one night for dinner and we all sat down at the dinner table and the dad there were like three kids and mom me and and the dad goes all right y'all let's pray and the oldest kid said dad we don't pray i was like oh snap anyway i just kind of it was kind of funny because he ratted the dad out right so the first thing we find out about joseph is he's a tattletale and nobody loves a tattletale the second thing we find out about joseph is this now israel Jacob Jacob and Israel are the same person. It's a little bit confusing. I'll do a whole message on it sometime and explain it. It's actually a beautiful concept. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. So he had a favorite, all right? Parents always say, I don't have a favorite. Um, I'm not going to get into that. <clears throat> because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. Now, if you have a church background, it's like the coat of many colors or whatever, but here's what we got to understand. In the ancient world, they didn't have clothing options like we have today. Like when we got to our closet this morning, they, we had several things to choose from, and we had several options. But in the ancient world, they had like one, maybe two robes. But the thing they had in common with us is their clothing was a status symbol, right? So if you had a, if you had a certain brand of clothing, it meant something about you. Well, Joseph was given a robe by his father. The Bible calls it an ornate robe that distinguished him apart from his brothers. In other words, every all of his brothers, more than likely because they were shepherds, had one robe apiece. Everybody just had one robe. Sometimes if you were really rich, you had two. So Joseph and his brothers had one, but it's kind of like the dad took them all shopping and the brothers got to go to TJ Maxx, but he took Joseph to Neiman Marcus and he got like the nice robe. And so... All of his brothers, number one, he's told on them. Number two, he's got a nicer robe. Now, please remember the robe because the robe is very important. All right? This is the third thing we see about Joseph. Verse 5, Joseph had a dream. Let me pause again real quick. In the ancient world, God spoke a lot through dreams. Now, I'll be very clear, and some people agree with this, some people disagree. I don't care which side you're on, I'm just going to tell you where I land. I believe God still speaks through dreams. I know the Lord has spoken to me through dreams. I do not believe that every dream is from God. Okay, like I remember my first nightmare ever was I was in my bed, and Mister Snuffleupagus from uh, Sesame Street was coming up the driveway to eat me. It, it, I mean, it literally. It, it. T- I don't think that was God. I, I have. I don't think that was God. There's some hyper charismatic that probably can interpret that. And if that, if you can, send it to Carly Dot Peel. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so God speaks through dreams. I believe God. And in this, God was clearly speaking through the dream. But how old was Joseph? Does anybody remember? Seventeen. 17. So at seventeen. You haven't quite learned how to process things, and Joseph hears from God, but he processes it wrong. Watch what happens. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, mistake, they hated him all the more. They already hated him. He said, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Now, if you're Joseph, this is a great dream. It, basically, he just said, hey, guys, I just want to let y'all know, one day I'm going to be in charge and all of you are going to bow down to me. By the way, y'all like my robe. Y'all, like, y'all got your ghetto robe. I got my awesome robe and, and, and things. Remember, he's 17. He's 17. And some people, I don't know if you've ever been around these people. Some people don't know when to quit. He didn't know when to quit. Bible says in verse eight, his brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream. Do you notice a pattern? You notice how the Bible keeps saying that they hated Joseph, all right? They hated him all the more because of, of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream. Some people don't know when to quit. And he told his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the Sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me once again some people simply don't know when to quit and he was telling them hey guys I've had a dream that I'm gonna be awesome and you're gonna bow down to me so you got Joseph the tattletale Joseph the guy with a nice robe Joseph the guy telling people about his dreams And eventually, Jacob sent the brothers off to do some shepherding somewhere, Jacob the father. And then he said, you know what, I'm going to send Joseph to check up on them because I know Joseph will tell me the truth because he started out by bringing the bad report, right? So he sends Joseph off to check on the brothers. And when Joseph gets to where his brothers are supposed to be, they're not there. And he tries to look for them. He's trying to find them. And the Bible tells us later on in that um, chapter Um, That he ran into a guy, and the guy said, they have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. And that's not good, because Alabama had just lost the national championship to Clemson, and they were very upset. That's not Dothan, Alabama, by the way. Don't think that's true. Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a bad day. I don't know if anybody's ever been angry at you. But in this story, they're getting ready to kill him because he's a tattletale and he's got the nice robe and he had the dreams. And they couldn't stand the dreams. Watch this. Here comes that dreamer. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him And throw him into one of these cisterns, which is like a big hole in the ground. It's like a well where they got the gathered water and stuff. And say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. And so they did. The Bible goes on to say later on. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they, don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is huge. I'm telling you, we're coming back to this. Stripped him of his robe. They took his status away. They took what his father had given them away. Can you imagine the confusion and the hurt that Joseph experienced while his brothers gathered around him? These guys that were supposed to, like they were family, beat him, stripped him of his robe. Can you imagine this pain? Can you imagine this hurt, this abandonment that he's going through? And not only did they do that, um... And they took him and threw him into a cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. So he's just sitting in this pit. He's sitting in a pit. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a pit let me take that back you've been in a pit because pit happens like we all that that ought to be our next t-shirt pit happens second chance um it does and when somebody's in a pit and I don't want to say this just for the benefit of a few people out there because some people are fixers have you ever ran into a fixer somebody that wants everything to be okay immediately if somebody's in a pit there's nothing you can say to make them feel better in the moment you you can't say oh my gosh take that frown turn it upside down you can't do it because I'm like I'm gonna take my foot stick up your... okay you got it you got it you, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm wanting to say. Or this was <laughs> this is, I, Somebody said this to me recently when I, they were like, "Hey, talk to me about this," and I was like, "Yeah, it was a tough time." And they literally said, "Well, you know what? You just need to shut up and quit crying because the Apostle Paul was in prison. He was beaten." I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. That gives me perspective. My life is all of a sudden better because a man 2,000 years ago got beaten in prison. Like, (laughs) like, there's nothing you can really say to somebody in a pit. That's why empathy really does win. It's like, hey, I see you're in a pit. That really sucks. Is there anything I can do for you? That's the best thing to say. But nobody's coming to Joseph because he's in a pit. And there are people watching today, you feel like you're in a pit. Forgotten. Abandoned alone and it doesn't mean you're unspiritual it means you're human we all go through seasons where we feel like we're in a pit and we think it can't get worse and we're wrong because it actually can watch this watch this because if you're joseph you're like what else could happen? As they sat down to eat their meal, so his brothers, right before they kill him, they decide to eat. That's, how, that, that's cold. That is cold-hearted right there. They looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were headed on their way to take them down to Egypt. And so they started talking amongst themselves and say, why kill him? when we can sell him. So Joseph literally, in in the scriptures, becomes one of the first victims of human trafficking. This is, I mean, this is not somebody's dream. He's in a pit. He's thinking, it can't get worse. They pull him out of a pit and they say, we're selling you into slavery. So he goes from being a, in a pit to being somebody's personal slave. In fact, the Bible goes on, it. It, it, goes, it skips chapter 38. Chapter 38 of Genesis will wig you out. In fact, you, you've never read Genesis 38 to your kids at bedtime. And you probably won't. You'll skim it and you'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe that's in the Bible because it's in no children's Bible anywhere. So I'll, I'll preach a sermon on it sometime for y'all. Here we go. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's Officials, don't miss this. The captain of the guard bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Now, anybody remember what Joseph's occupation was before all this happened? Anybody remember? He was a he was a shepherd. Now, how much do you think that shepherds know about politics and running a country? Probably very little. Very little. And I'm sure that offended somebody whose uncle is a shepherd because we live in 2019 and everybody gets offended. But your uncle, if he's a shepherd, he don't know how to run the country, all right? Um, so Joseph... Joseph doesn't know how to run the country, but here's here's the deal. And I'm I'm sure this isn't a surprise ending for most people watching. Joseph is eventually going to be second in command over the entire nation of Egypt. He's eventually going to become second in command. Now, if you're second in command over the entire nation of Egypt, one of the things you're going to have to learn and understand how to do is deal with the military. Where would be the best place in the world to train you on how to deal with military strategies and tactics? I don't know. Could it be Pharaoh's official, the captain of the guard's house? See, in all of this, God wasn't punishing Joseph. He was preparing him for greater things than he could ever imagine. Even though it was happening... God was going to use it to absolutely bless Joseph's lives and life and other people's lives in ways he could have never imagined. So, so there was no punishment going on here. It was preparation. The second thing that's really huge about this is God never gave up on Joseph. And even though it was tough, even though he could have thrown both hands up, even though he could have quit, Joseph never gave up on God. In fact, the Bible says that Joseph eventually became second-in-command in Potiphar's house. Don't miss this. We will never become second-in-command of a nation if we're not willing to become second-in-command in somebody's house. In other words, God's saying, I've got to be able to trust you with the small things before I can trust you with the big things. Well, anytime we're planning on doing something great for God, we need to expect temptation to come our way. And temptation came Joseph's way, through Potiphar's wife. And um, she gets pretty aggressive in Genesis 39 and says, come to bed with me. And it's not because she wanted to cuddle. Um, And the Bible says she was aggressive over and over. She was pursuing Joseph day after day. And this was Joseph's, this was, now, once again, how old was Joseph? 17. Men, at 17 years old, were your hormones a little crazy? Yes or no? No man No man in this room had the courage to say yes. But I'll say yes for them, okay? It, it wasn't that he didn't want to. Because he was 17. Well, you know, that was back then. I promise you, we have not... Man has not evolved from that, all right? The reason Joseph said, I'm not going to do this, is he said... How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And if you're looking at this, you're going, Joseph, you're, you're hanging on to your relationship with God? If there's a God, why would he view... What, how, explain the pit, Joseph. And not only the pit, but being a personal slave, explain that, Joseph. But Joseph somehow knew that original dream that God had put in his heart was going to eventually play out. So he was hanging on to his relationship with God. Well, Potiphar's wife eventually lied to Potiphar and said, Listen, Joseph tried to rape me. Lied. Now, we've always been told if you always do the right thing, then good things will always happen, which is not quite true. It works in fiction, all right? But it doesn't work in real life because After she lied about him, the Bible says this. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Understandable. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. Huge. Big, big deal. But while Joseph was there in prison... The Lord was with him in prison. Do you know the Lord can be with you when you feel like you're in prison? Now, I prefer for God to be with me on the beach, right? But, but it's prison. And he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Now, I want to pause. That's nobody's dream scenario that, that's watching today. Hey, What's your dream in life? My dream is to have favor in the eyes of a prison warden. No, no, I don't even want to go to one. I wanna, like, like, nobody wants to go to prison. But a couple things about this right here. No, first thing, God never gave up on Joseph. But Joseph never gave up on God. Even from the pit to a personal slave to prison, Joseph is still holding on to his relationship with God, when circumstances are saying, hey man, you need to quit because if God were with you, it wouldn't be happening in your life. But Joseph is eventually going to be second command over the entire nation of Egypt. Now, once again, before Joseph was put in the pit, what was his occupation again? Shepherds. How much does a shepherd know about politics? Let me help you. Nothing. So if you are going to train somebody in political language, in political speech, in the good, the bad, and the ugly of politics, where would be the, one of the best places in the world for that person to be trained? Let me answer. Could it be the king's prison? I mean, you're going to meet some shady politicians in prison, but let's be honest, they all a little shady anyway, right? So once again, God's not punishing Joseph. God's preparing him for greater things than he could have ever imagined. Even in prison, God has a purpose for Joseph being there. Now, while he's in there, because he had favor, he's he's kind of the prison boss, and he's kind of looking around one day. And he sees two guys that got thrown in prison. One is a cup bearer, and the other is a baker. And they both had sad faces. Joseph comes up and goes, hey, what's, what's wrong? I see you got a sad face. Which, by the way, that's how you know that God's working in your life. Is All hell can be breaking loose, but you still have compassion for other people. When we lose our compassion for other people, more than likely we've lost our connection to Christ. I'll say that again because that was good. I didn't even plan on saying that. When we lose our compassion for other people, it's because more than likely we've lost our connection to Christ. Joseph is connected because he has compassion. He goes, guys, what's wrong? And they both said, we had some, we had some weird dreams. And Joseph goes, ha, ha, I, I know some stuff about dreams. Tell me, what, tell me what's going on. And the, and the cupbearer says, well, this is my dream. And told Joseph the dream. And Joseph was like, oh, my gosh, dude, that's awesome. You're going to get your job back. In three days, the king's going to come back in. He's going to say, like, my bad, and you're going to get reinstated. He said, but, 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 please remember me. Because I'm in this prison. I was thrown in this prison. I didn't do anything wrong. He said, remember me. Tell the king about me. And the cupbearer says, Joseph, I got you, man. I have got your back. Kind of like Rose told Jack that she would never let go on the Titanic. We all know what happened there. Anyway <clears throat> Oh, by the way, the baker saw saw that the, the cupbearer got a good report and he was like, Let me tell you about my dream and he told Joseph about his dream and Joseph went, Oh, um yeah. Dude sucks to be you. Um you're going you're going to die. And and I don't know what he did. Maybe Pharaoh was gluten-free and he gave him some gluten. We, We still don't know why. We baked a bad cake. Maybe Pharaoh was going vegan. He cooked a steak. We don't know what happened. We just know that three days later, the cupbearer got his job back and the baker got killed. But then, this is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. The chief cupbearer, however, did not Remember Joseph, he forgot him. Have you ever felt like God and other people have completely forgotten about you? All of us have gone through that. All of us knows what, knows what that's like. In fact, not only did he forget him, he forgot him. The, the Bible goes on to say in Genesis 41, when two full years had passed, he forgot him for two years. It wasn't like he had a brain fart and then three days later, he was like, oh yeah, da-da-da-da-da. da 2 years. Two years he had forgotten Joseph, but then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Scripture says, Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh had a dream. Who in this story knows something about dreams joseph and the the dream bothered pharaoh but he went back to sleep and he had another dream that was kind of like the first dream so he woke up and he brought in all the magicians and all the enchanters and he told them about his dream and he said i need somebody to interpret and they were all like man that's dude that's freaking weird we don't know I mean, that, that's my interpretation that's not actually in the bible and all of a sudden the cupbearer goes uh hey, listen, remember remember a couple of years ago when we had that thing, you got a little mad at me and threw me in prison, which was, by the way, that was okay. I probably deserve that. Um, I met a guy in prison that interprets dreams. In fact, he told me I was gonna get my job back, and he told the baker that fixed you the gluten thing that you were gonna kill him, and, and that happened. And so so I know a guy that interprets dreams. And Pharaoh said, go get him. So they go and get Joseph. And the Bible says they cleaned him up. I don't know if they had one of those little car washes that just kind of ran him through or whatever. And he gets in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, I have had a dream. And you need to interpret it. And I want you to watch Joseph's response. He said, I cannot do it. I can't interpret your dream, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. See, God never gave up on Joseph but Joseph never quit on God. In the pit, as a personal slave, or in the prison. He held on. By, by this time, by the way, Joseph's 30 years old. For 13 years of all it breaking loose in his life, Joseph held on. Well, he interpreted the dream. And then, after he interpreted the dream, nobody's saying anything. So Joseph bust out with some advice. He said... And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Basically, Joseph said, hey, you're going to have seven years of plenty and then you're going to have seven years of famine. But if you'll manage these seven years right, then when these seven years happen, you're going to be okay. And so you should put somebody wise and in charge so they can actually manage this for you. Now, real quick question. Joseph, the 17 year old shepherd, could he have done this? Yes or no? No, but Joseph, the 30-year-old man that learned how to manage a household and learned how to manage a prison hadn't actually been punished but prepared for this role the entire time. So maybe the it that you're going through is preparing you, I believe it is, for things greater than you could ever imagine. Because after he said this, Pharaoh just blurted out, and he's Pharaoh. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh, And to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked him, watch this, watch this. This is key. This is huge. Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? What if Joseph had given up on God? What if Joseph had given up? up? We don't see this happen. But because Joseph refused to give up, Pharaoh, a pagan, who thought he was God, I don't know if you ever met anybody that thought they were God, right? But, but Pharaoh thought he was God, but he recognized something special in Joseph. And, and the Bible goes on to say, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Joseph went from the pit, to a personal slave, to the prison, to a promotion, to second-in-command, all because he didn't quit, even though it had broken loose in his life. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, what was it that his dad gave him that his brother stripped off of him? Anybody remember? It was a robe. It was a robe. took that robe from him. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes. Wait a minute. He lost a robe, and he got back robes. He lost a robe, and he got back robes. Don't, don't, don't miss this. God always gives us back more than we lost. I don't care what you feel like you lost. God always gives us back more than we lost. Joseph lost a robe, but he got back robes because he didn't quit when he was going through it. He got a robe. I love this. Of fine linen so he was he like he was dripping like it, like he he like he he had it going on and put a gold chain around his neck this is awesome but something interesting happened they had seven years of plenty and then they had seven years of famine so Joseph's down here in Egypt his brothers are up here in the land of Canaan they're experiencing the famine. Jacob told Joseph's brothers, go to Egypt and get some grain. Who do you think was in charge of the grain? Joseph. Oh, by the way, that those dreams that Joseph had at the beginning. All his brothers were going to do what to him? The dream? What was his brothers going to do? They were going to bow down. Uh-huh. But he was 17. And he thought they were going to bow down to him because he was awesome. And his brothers threw him in the pit and then sold him and thought they would never see him again. But about 13, 20 years later, Scripture says, Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. God didn't get it wrong. God got it right. But he had to take Joseph through the pit and the personal slave and the prison. So when Joseph got the promotion, he realized that the brothers weren't bowing down to him because he was great. He realized the brothers were bowing down to him because God was great. He didn't take vengeance on his brothers. He didn't, have them, he didn't beat them. He didn't have them thrown into slavery. He actually forgave his brothers for what they did to him because he said, hey, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. So, once again, I'll say it. Don't quit because God can use it to make a difference in your life unlike you could ever imagine. So if you're watching today, if you're listening, and you're going through it, I I know it sucks. I don't have a Bible verse. I don't have a happy saying. I don't have a song. It's just tough. I I don't even know how long it's going to last. I know what it's like to go through it. I don't know what you're personally going through. And if you know somebody that's going through it, the best thing you can do is just be a friend. Listen, understand, don't. Try to change the situation. Just let God work through you to show compassion to that person. Hey, I'll go ahead and tell you, I wouldn't wish what what I've gone through over the past three years on anybody, but I really can personally see the good that God has already done, and I'm really excited about the good that I think God is going to do in the future. I Listen, I tried to quit on God and the church and everything. I tried. I tried my best, but he wouldn't let me because he kept reminding me that he still has a plan and there's still hope and there's still, there's still purpose for my life. And he, if he did that for me, I know he wants to do that for you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much much for this story in the Bible, God, of a man that didn't quit, and because of it, you used him to save an entire nation, most of the human race. And God, I want to pray for the person here today that feels like it has broken loose in their life. They're in the pit or the personal slave or the prison or whatever, God. It's just it's just tough, but God, I pray over these next few moments, you'll just speak hope into their heart, whether they're watching online, whether they're at LifeSpring, whether they're at, in their car, whether they're watching this on YouTube, and God, that you will just let them know that if they're not dead, you're not done, and you still have a purpose. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't know what you're going through today. But I just, maybe right now you just need to ask the Lord for strength, courage. God, just help me make it one more day, one more week. Maybe you're here today and you've never, ever prayed to receive Christ. One of the things I love about Scripture is that with Jesus in us, we really can face anything the world throws our way. And so if you've never prayed to receive Christ, Jesus wants to save you He wants to come into your life, empower you to walk through situations that you could not even imagine. And so if you want to pray to receive Christ today, I want to invite you right where you are to ask Jesus to come into your life. Right where you are right now, you can just pray to him in your heart and just say, Jesus Christ, I need you. Come into my life and save me. Take complete control. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, I receive you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, if you're at Lifespring Church right now and you just pray to receive Christ, if you just put your hand up, just so Pastor John could see it. If, if you're at Lifespring, just put your hand up and just put it up high, just for a second. If you're watching online, if you do the hand raise emoji, whether you're on Facebook, you can do a hand raise, or if you're watching at mysecondchancechurch.com, you can hit the hand raise button. We just want to celebrate the fact that you prayed to receive Christ today, and if we can pray for you, if you're listen, if you're going through it, if we can pray for you today. You just leave us a comment on Facebook, messages on Facebook, or you can email us at hello at Perinoble.com. Hello at Perinoble.com. We'd love to, and we read these. We actually do, I actually I actually sit down at least once or twice on a Sunday and read through all the comments on Facebook. And so we'll be glad to pray with you, pray for you, anything we can do to help you take your next step in your walk with Christ. Speaking of next steps, our next step as a church is Sunday, January 27th, we're moving into our building. This is exciting. We have someone to lead worship and it's not me. So there is a God that you should be thanking him for that, right? Um, Sunday, January 27th, 2019, two services, 915 and 1115. I'm going to go ahead and start saying this now. Listen, our parking situation completely sucks all right we've got like two parking spaces and so you're gonna have to park at either Lowe's or Target but we've got incredible volunteers they're gonna show you where to park and we've got policemen um, with guns who are instructed to shoot your tires out if you don't obey so this we we understand we've got some limited parking issues you just kind of work with us um, th- yeah, that's all I can really say. But on this day, it's going to be great. Two services, 9:15 and 11:15. Our auditorium holds about what'd you say, Ed? What do we, how many can we hold? About 310, 315. 310, 315, Ed said it sounds good, so we're just going to roll with that. Fire code said 376, but I think those were people that weighed 28 pounds. So Sunday, January 27, 2019, and for those of you that have been giving to help make this possible and praying, if you want to continue to give, um, or if you want to start giving, you can go to MySecondChanceChurch.com, MySecondChanceChurch.com, and there's a give button in the upper right-hand corner, or you can mail us. And th- by the way, this is our mailing address. This is our office address. This is not the, um, where our offices are. are this is not where our service is going to be. The address for that is 140 Commons Parkway. Is that right? 140 Commons Parkway, Anderson, South Carolina, 29621. But if you want to mail a check in, you mail it the Second Chance Church, or 210 South Main Street, Anderson, South Carolina, 29624. Hope you guys have a phenomenal week. Can't wait till next Sunday. We love you guys. Best is yet to come.